0: G'day, guys, and welcome to another podcast episode. In today's episode, you're going to listen to a conversation between myself and Sylvia. Sylvia is another person who I've met in the online language learning community, and I invited her to come and join me on the podcast because I think she is doing a lot of interesting things in the language learning field. She's got interesting perspectives, interesting ideas, and she's studying interesting languages. Uh, She's studying, among others, she's studying Bengali and modern standard Arabic and the Arabic dialects of Syrian Arabic and Darija, which is Moroccan Arabic. Um, And you can tell in particular that she's very attached to Bengali and uh, she's had a lot of experiences studying uh, this language. So you can look forward to hearing about that. If you want a full overview of what we discussed in the podcast, you can go to the description and check out all the timestamps. And at any moment in the episode when we mention something where uh, somewhere else online, you'll be able to go to the podcast description and find a link to it there. To give you a brief overview of what we discussed uh, so that you can anticipate what's going to happen in the podcast episode, uh, we discussed what it's like living in Morocco because she's there right now as part of a gap year experience. After having finished high school and before going to university, we spoke about her experiences traveling to other places like India and Jordan. We spoke about the advantages and disadvantages of being English native speakers. We also discussed her experiences learning uh, Bengali, attending classes as well as hosting what she calls her exchange sister with her in the United States for a year and her experience uh, chatting with her in Bengali. We also discussed a project which she's launching to provide uh, Bengali resources for learners of uh, the Bengali language spoke about Arabic, the Arabic dialects, and also what advice she has for people who are studying less common, commonly studied languages. We spoke about a lot of different things. That's just an overview. If you want to check it all out, then uh, listen to the episode. <laughs> so there, are, there were a couple of moments where the internet cut out, but yeah, that's nothing to worry about. It doesn't uh, interfere with comprehension of those moments in the episode and that were really brief. So without further ado, let's get, let's get right into it. And I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Hello everybody and welcome to another podcast episode. Today is another episode which will be with a guest. So I'm here with Sylvia. Hello. So I'm also very excited for this episode. I think it'll be really interesting. And I mean, let's get straight into it. I'm I'm gonna be learning just as much as everyone else is gonna be learning. <laughs> um, cause yeah like I said, just before we started, I've been following you on, on Instagram, but at the same time, you know I don't know that much about you other than what you've posted. So um, hopefully yeah. I'll be learning a lot of new things. Um, I want to I think naturally, we, we can start with a super open-ended like, who are you? What do you do? What's your life look like at the moment? I know you're in yes. Morocco, which is super interesting. Yes. <laughs> we can get into all of that.
1: Yeah, so I'm Sylvia. Um, I'm 19, I'm currently taking a gap year before I start university, and I'm spending most of that year, at least for right now, in Morocco, um, working here, um, uh, studying Arabic, especially Moroccan Darija, and yeah, I'm super, super interested in languages, that's sort of the main thing about me, um, learning a few, uh, Probably got into it about like three or four years ago. And yeah, that's like the main thing I do, honestly, is study languages.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Nice. Hey, so we're the same age. You're 19. I'm 19. We're both into languages. (laughs) That is kind of cool. Right. And you're from the States, right? You're from the United States.
1: Yeah, I'm from Michigan.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Very cool. Very, very cool. Got a, we got someone from the United States. We got someone from Australia. This is going to be fun.
1: (laughs) Last time you had, um, the girl from last time was from a bunch of places too. So you already got a big yeah, diversity I, on this podcast.
0: Yeah, she was from, she had a really interesting upbringing. That was interesting to hear about. I mean,
1: yeah,
0: what what about you? I For me personally, I had a very, very monolingual English upbringing. What was it like mm-hmm. for you in Michigan? I assume that's where you yeah. were born. Not just- um
1: actually I was born in New York um, okay. but I've and lived in uh, Toronto for a little while but mostly grew up in Michigan um, but yeah actually both of my parents are bilingual uh, but I was raised <laughs> just with English <laughs> as happens in the United States um so yeah my dad is German, so I was exposed wait, wait, to hold on, very the minimal cut out. German growing up, although...
0: Yeah, the internet okay, cut out right sorry. as you started talking about your dad. So,
1: Okay, um, so my dad is German, so I was raised a sort of minimal German growing up, um, although my dad moved to the United States when he was just a kid, so he's pretty much American as well. Um So, I mean, just like little bits, I would hear him talking on the phone to my grandparents or um, a word here and there. But really, I wasn't. Basically, I was raised with just English.
0: Yeah. And what about your mom?
1: Yeah. Um, So she's also um, she actually learned Russian in college and studied abroad in Russia. So she speaks conversationally fluent Russian just from having learned it. and it's funny cuz i always say even though like i'm not russian i probably had a better chance of her speaking that to me than my dad just cuz she's um more into the language more into languages um than he is but uh she always says she tried to speak it to me growing up but that she didn't know like baby russian so <laughs> <because No. laughs> it wasn't her native language yeah and i tell her like you know i would be fine if i just knew medical russian but Okay.
0: (laughs) Medical Russian. Yeah. Is your mom in the medical profession?
1: Yeah. She's like a medical anthropologist. So.
0: Oh, that's, that is (laughs) a job title. I'm not quite sure what that means. That sounds very interesting.
1: Um, Anthropology is, um, I'm very interested in anthropology too. It's, you know, the study of, I would just say like cross, cross cultural studies. So how things work differently in different, um, cultures. And within that there's like linguistic anthropology, there's medical anthropology, there's different subfields.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I knew, anthrop- like- I knew anthropology in isolation, right? So it's right. anthropology with, but looking into kind of medical, the medical discipline across societies and in human society. Exactly. Ooh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: interesting. Okay. Yeah. My my parents actually met learning French, which is kind of a cool story.
1: Oh, that's but so cool! Yeah.
0: But I was also raised monolingual.
1: So you, so, uh, so your parents met learning French, but and then you also later learned French, but they didn't teach it to you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's exactly it. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. right. Yeah, right, right, right. And so, how did you find yourself in Morocco? How did that opportunity <laughs> arrive? Like, because I also I was oh. looking. I was looking a little bit at your Instagram and you weren't originally learning Moroccan Arabic you were learning obviously no. modern standard Arabic but then also uh the Assyrian. Syrian dialect mm-hmm. oh.
1: yeah exactly right. so um it's interesting with my other languages I feel like I'm more um decided I wanted to learn them I got interested in them whereas with Arabic all the varieties I sort of fell into it. And then it just um, it sort of ended up happening. So um, yeah, I've been learning Arabic for the past about two and a half years, um, because I have, uh, I work with a Syrian family in the US. So then I started learning Siri, the Syrian dialect. But um, I mean, this year with COVID, I had so many plans for how I was going to spend this year that yeah. were constantly being changed and moved around, um, I thought I was going to spend most of the year in Germany, really working on my German, <laughs> um, which <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if I uh, get there eventually. But um, yeah, then this opportunity came up from another um, future classmate who uh, is an international student from Morocco and had worked with this company here, who hires people from abroad. So um, so yeah, I like got in touch with this company. And, um, yeah, I'm like working with them.
0: Right. Right. So what's the company?
1: Um, so it's a company that helps, um, high school students apply to university in the U S and abroad. So I'm basically working with, um, I'm working in English basically, uh, because most of the people there want to come to study in the U S. So they already have like a high level of English. Um, so I'm doing like lots of like SAT prep, IELTS and TOEFL prep, um, like essay editing help, um, advice about like college lists and stuff. So, yeah.
0: Right. Or is that, is that because, well, um, I suppose you, but you also did just come from an Arabic class, right? You were, that's what you were doing like immediately before this call.
1: (laughs) Yes. So, um, as a language person, obviously, I'm not going to um, come to Morocco and then and not learn the language. And um, yeah, that's one thing having learned. So, yeah, I was studying Modern Standard and then Syrian Arabic, which are definitely useful here. Like, people will mostly understand me if I try to speak in Syrian or throw in some like standard words. Um, but for me, a big part of why I learn languages is I really wanna be able to connect with people in like a natural and easy way, be able to speak their language. And really, if you're in Morocco, like Syrian Arabic is not their language. Um, the difference between Arabic dialects where people don't know is very huge. So like Syrian and Moroccan, um, I mean, I approach it almost as like, like Spanish and Italian or something where like the grammar is going to help you. You're going to have a lot of vocab. You're going to have a lot of knowledge. If you speak one well, you can learn the other one to like an intermediate level fairly quickly. But at the same time, there are lots of differences in pronunciation and vocab and some grammar. Um, So when I found out or decided to come here, I was like, okay, let me start learning um, Moroccan Arabic as well. And actually another girl from Instagram who I talked to a little bit, um, and she's from Morocco. So I reached out to her, uh, see if she wanted to do some sort of like language exchange. Um, she's also learning German, so like if she wanted to do some language exchange, she basically just offered to teach me Moroccan Arabic. <laughs> so um, I've been having like video calls with her, and we've become good friends. Uh, she's been teaching me the last few months, and then once I came here, I found. Um, like some courses here to take um derija is what it's called. Yeah. So I'm doing that like um five mornings a week taking derija classes.
0: Okay. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And so so how long have you been in Morocco for so far? I'm not sure if you said.
1: Uh, about a month.
0: Okay. So you've been mm-hmm. okay. And what's it been like?
1: <laughs> it's been amazing. I'm loving it honestly. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, like there are so many things about being in a new place. Like you, you're hearing new sounds, new smells, new food. Like, what do you, like, I know you're, you're obviously working from what you said with this company, Mm -hmm. but also like, are you going to markets? Are you like trying new new food, like spicy Moroccan food? And like, (laughs) what's, what's that been like?
1: Definitely. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty busy all the time, but I'm trying to get out and see, things as much as possible. So I've been to the market a few times. Um, it's, I mean, it's very cool. Yeah. i would be different than anything in the U S or Australia or Europe. Um, uh, actually want to go, I just learned, um, the names of all these spices because I want to buy the (laughs) spices to make this tea that I usually make. So I'm going to go there and try to do that. That will be a little adventure, but, um, yeah, it's yeah, the food is really good, too. I'm actually vegetarian. So uh, Moroccan food's not the most vegetarian friendly. <laughs> but um, I mean, any place like you can you can find something or they can make it without chicken, then it's fine. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been really nice and me. And um, uh, I'm staying here in my apartment with um, Like one other girl who's working at the same place and is going to go to to school with me next year. And she's actually also just randomly really into languages. So that's really fun that we can, like, is she American? um, She's Polish, actually.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm living here in Morocco with someone from Poland.
0: (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly Um, what I was thinking. Morocco. Uh, Morocco is a really interesting place. I remember reading. About the languages in Morocco, mm-hmm. quite a long time ago, but I still remember it. So you've got you've got Moroccan Arabic, but then also yeah. you've got some French in there. You've got Berber, mm-hmm. which I think is the native language, mm-hmm. and then or one of them. There's probably a few, but I think it's a major one. Yeah, and then also a little bit of Spanish, even, exactly. but to a much lesser extent.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> which is uh, yeah. obviously I that's mean, yeah. You
1: pretty much nailed it on the head.
0: <laughs> right. But that'd be a very interesting place. Like have you, when you're walking along the street, what are you hearing? What languages are you hearing?
1: Yeah, so um, so I'm in Rabat, which is the capital. Um, and I, I don't want to like say I'm some expert on <laughs> Morocco or the linguistic situation, yeah, yeah. but just from my experience. Um, uh, in the cities, it tends to be mostly Moroccan Arabic. That's just like the language of communication, what people speak. Uh, so when I'm just walking, that's what I hear. Um, however, there's also a lot of French. French is very prevalent and I've been told that it's more prevalent in Rabat than maybe some other cities. So maybe I have a little bit skewed version. Um, but any, any sort of high-end place, if you walk into like a nice restaurant or cafe, they're probably going to start speaking to you in French. Um, which is, which is where I come and I have to tell them like, in oh. dirija i'm like the le français like i don't speak french i don't speak um, french that's
0: hilarious yeah <laughs> cuz i probably and, think and any anyone who looks remotely european was probably for sure, high, exactly. right so they think exactly. they're french that's mm-hmm. so that's with the, the fancy
1: places yeah the fancy places sometimes they're a little bit um snobby almost that i don't speak french <laughs> um mm. then i try to use arabic or english if they speak it but Um, actually that's like one of the most interesting things I think is from my travels in the past and like Jordan and India, as soon as they realize you're a foreigner, they start speaking to you in English. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I know know that one. I don't know the French one, but I know this English one. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, maybe you should come visit Morocco with your French because as soon, here, as soon as they realize you're a foreigner, it's French, not English.
0: No way. Um, That's the dream. Yeah,
1: which is stupid. That yeah. is the dream. <laughs> right?
0: Well, at least, at least for me, having yeah, French yeah. is my kind of strong foreign language. Right.
1: Actually, I completely prefer it because when I get to turn around with the, I don't speak French and it...
0: We have to speak Arabic they, unless now. Unless
1: they speak a little English, we have to speak Arabic. That's which fantastic. I've never experienced that before. That's
0: the dream. Yeah.
1: Morocco I know, right? Is the place to
0: be. Wow. <laughs> exactly.
1: And everyone was asking me, like, "Oh, are you going to learn some French?" Or before, I was like wondering, should I learn some? And now, having been, I mean, obviously, not saying I would never learn French one day, but I'm, I'm almost using it to my advantage that I don't speak it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've always, yeah. I've always thought it would be. A, I've never felt that my French was good enough to do this, but it, it might be the next time I go somewhere, but i mm-hmm. almost felt like lying and saying when when there's this communication the thing, thing saying no uh, English isn't my native language i'm I speak only yeah. French because there's less of a chance they're going to speak that than English, and then we'd be right. forced to use like i don't know Spanish yeah. or for in your case arabic yeah.
1: i've I've been really tempted to do that in German before, but I feel like people also expect Germans to speak pretty good English
0: mm. <laughs>
1: so yeah. I feel like it hasn't really worked but yeah.
0: And then you'd speak with this perfect American accent, or in my case, an Australian <laughs> right, exactly. accent. Yeah. Yeah. So it wouldn't necessarily hold up.
1: It wouldn't really work. Yeah. But um, yeah. Just quickly, in terms of like the other languages, um, there. So the the native language here, which I believe they prefer to go by, Tamazight um, is the name of the language. Um, Berber, I think, is more of a outdated term.
0: Okay. Okay. My um, bad.
1: <laughs> no it's okay I, I think that's something that's like currently like changing a lot okay. of people don't know but it's just my understanding but um
0: okay good yeah to know. so
1: tamazit you see like on a lot of boards it's there are a lot of like signs on the street you see like arabic maybe like they're either bi or trilingual with some combination of definitely arabic and then maybe also french and Tamazight. um definitely Tamazik to a lesser extent like it's not on every sign it's not everywhere and um it almost feels a little bit like ceremonial i don't know if that's the right word at least in rabat because like everyone speaks obviously arabic or french but kind of just to like give it some of that recognition um but i think if you go to um if you're in more villages outside of the city then i think there are a lot of places that still speak Tamazight, and that's the like native language of that area
0: yeah you might have to go a bit more rural to have that experience which makes exactly. sense to an extent i think that often happens in major cities yeah yeah wow wow, the, wow.
1: S- the spanish influence is especially in the north like next to the, fr- the spanish border
0: right yeah because you've got what mm-hmm. is it gibraltar which is kind of is it gibraltar yeah. See my geography yeah, they're is like straight. Little, no no
1: that sounds right. Sound, it sounds
0: practical. right to me, but it might yeah. be wrong. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, no, I think that's
0: right. All right, it's definitely that area of the world. You know, there's a lot of stuff yeah. going on there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, I've I've got so mm-hmm. many so many things I want to ask you about. I don't know where to start. <laughs> I mean, since we were talking a little bit about English and kind of like having mm-hmm. the ha- pretending we're not English speakers to kind of. Um, <laughs> get the opportunity to speak languages I mean do you want to talk a little bit about I'd be interested to know what your kind of perspective is on kind of being an English native speaker obviously there are a lot of kind of privileges and advantages which come with it but also there are some inconveniences like what's been your experience learning other languages like have you found it useful or have you found it to be a hindrance in some respects I mean, I want to, I want to really keep the question broad because I, I don't want to lead you either way. I really yeah. want to know what you think.
1: Yeah. It's a big question. big question. Very big question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, the, the mindset that I sort of developed is that, um, you know, as native English speakers, the entire world is learning my native language, our native language and when i think about the effort that i put into learning a language the you know the hours of my time the often like money for courses and books um the like courage or embarrassment it takes to practice right when i think of all that stuff that i put into learning a language and then i think like and oftentimes i'm rewarded very like heavily for that like when i speak just a little bit of arabic people are like Oh my God! Like, mashallah, you speak Arabic so well, and uh, especially, especially with Arabic and Bengali, I get those reactions. Um, and even after like a few words, right? And and maybe for a language like, um, I have a feeling this is a little bit different with French. Um, maybe for German, it takes a longer conversation. Um, but at the end of a longer conversation, oftentimes people will tell me, "Oh, you know, like you actually speak German pretty well." Um, Whereas when I because I also um, like I started Arabic uh, because I started teaching English. So I've worked quite a bit with uh, and I also like work on italki. So I've worked quite a bit with people learning English and I just noticed that it's not nearly the same reaction. It's when people are learning English instead of saying, wow, you know, like two words. It's like you made the you use the wrong preposition, you know. <laughs> And I just feel really, I don't know, kind of uncomfortable about that. That I can, I can put so much effort into a language, like that the whole world puts this effort into learning my language, and it's seen as an expectation um, and not as something to be like commended. Um, So I say all this is the background of like my philosophy that I think as native English speakers, um, we need to put more work into that international communication. And so even if English is still the easiest language to communicate in, um, when you're speaking with like people from abroad, that it's not just, because even if English is still the easiest language, if you have put in some effort to learn their language, like even just a little bit, you're showing them, you know, like, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to maybe make this mistake in front of you instead of just this assumption of, oh, you just learned English and then speak that with me. So, um, this is maybe a little bit off topic of your question, but.
0: No, that's good. <laughs> that's
1: sort of, this is, no, this that's is always sort of what I think like. <laughs> best
0: conversations are that way when you digress yeah. and digress and digress and find yourself somewhere where you did not expect exactly. you to be. I love those conversations.
1: Exactly. So, I think. Um, As a native English speaker, I think that we need to put, because the world, I mean, when you talk to people in other languages, you see that this is what they think. They think that English speakers are kind of these, like, maybe a little bit entitled and not so smart people who can't learn other languages. Yeah.
0: Well, Um, I mean, they're so surprised when we can, like, say, hello, how are you? It's kind of, maybe that doesn't bode well for us. It's kind of like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. So I think I think we have some responsibility. The fact that everyone learns our native language, that we have some responsibility to put some effort into that communication Um, and also to like encourage people who are learning English, you know, like when they make a mistake or when they just try to talk to you in English, you know, be like, be supporting them of like, wow, I see your English, your English is really good. Or like it's they a, are to the us. last time I spoke to you. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, sometimes it's a little bit extreme. Like they'll be like, people will tell me, oh my God, you speak Bengali better than I do. Yeah. Like, well, that's not true. That's, so you don't have to say that, but you know, just <laughs> offer them this encouragement and like that they're also undertaking this like difficult project.
0: Yeah. I think this is probably, this is probably good for me to be hearing as well, because even though I'm, like, aware of it enough to ask the question, it's just just kind of like hearing it from someone else and, mm-hmm. I don't know, it kind of reinforces the idea because now I'm thinking yeah. about the exchanges I have with people and it's right. like – I mean, you don't see many YouTube videos, you see a lot of YouTube videos titled white guy shocks such and such with amazing (laughs) (laughs) oral skills or whatever. And they're like really provocatively titled and, but at the same time, the reactions in the videos are really like strong
1: positive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But you, you don't see that much the other, you don't see that the other way around. And I suppose that's at the crux of the problem. It's like
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so many people put so much effort into learning English and, uh yeah they maybe don't get this they don't get the same kind of reward i mean
1: and you can even extend that to um knowing english and also into bilingualism and multilingualism where you know when an american speaks multiple languages it's like this amazing thing whereas here in morocco honestly this is this is I would say almost like a little culture shock to me of I mean, in the US when I like I'm talking about the languages I speak, people are like amazed. And here speaking three to four languages fluently is like no big deal. Like I would say everyone who I interact with on a day-to-day basis speaks at least two languages fluently probably three, maybe even four or another fourth to like a intermediate level.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's also, um, so the thing is, we're kind of talking about uh, Arabic Africa, but then also I think it's a very African thing to speak so many languages because you go a little bit, I was reading, I don't know where I was reading this, but I think it was some book I've read about language learning. I was Mm -hmm. reading about one like African villages, linguistic upbringing and how we like learned the language in his town but then he like yeah. liked to go from the town over so we had to learn her language and then at primary right. school he had to learn another language and then high school another language and then mm-hmm. he starts learning the lingua franca of the entire region and then you have english right. so by the time you're like mid-teens or you've got all of these languages so it's exactly. like also a big product of the environment yeah so i mean to 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 be um to maybe cut the english speakers a little bit of slack it's like May, there is also yeah. you know the environment isn't conducive to it and the, the way i kind of think about it is all of the pressures which are pushing people or maybe dragging people to learn english are the same pressures which are kind of conducive to english speakers mm-hmm. not being exposed to other languages no it's not an, yeah, it's not. An, not true. really an excuse but at the same time it's maybe an explanation
1: no that's definitely true yeah
0: complicated yeah which which is why right
1: (laughs) yeah which is why i feel like we maybe have to um right like other people might sort of come to this multilingualism and high level of english um, without trying whereas as like as native english speakers to get to that level we have to almost consciously decide that we want to put this effort in which which is, that's what I was, I guess that's sort of what I was saying, you know, it's like, I think we need to consciously make that decision as a, as the majority, I think, um, I, I, I just think it means more than you realize. Um,
0: it's, it's almost, I almost think of it as a sign of respect. If you just, even exactly. if you learn a little bit when you're going to the country, maybe exactly. you don't have enough time to learn the language, but you're going right, to another exactly. country learn how to say hello thank you a few basic things and it's just it, it i mean there's a the respect aspect but also it's so worth it because you go there and you get you get yeah. this when you speak to someone in their language first of all you get the right. maybe the initial shock but then you get the warmness which follows which is really really yeah. nice exactly yeah yep. yeah i think i think we're <laughs> pretty much on the same page with that one honestly it's an interesting <laughs> yeah. topic but uh you know, it's. It is. Uh, yeah, that's that's the it's, world it's actually we live in. One
1: thing that I've been really um, enjoying about Morocco is I feel like um, I feel like it's a very um, I don't know what the right word is like international environment or at least um, an environment that's very aware of other cultures and cultural differences. And I think maybe that has something to do with the fact that Morocco is itself a big mix of um, all these cultures, you know, the, uh, the Native people, um, Arab culture, which at some point was, the Arab was the, um, what's the word? like the dominant, uh, like oh. imperial culture almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then after that, the French come in. Right. So like <laughs> yeah. Morocco has had a lot of experience with like yeah. imperialism and is now this like mix, I would say, which I, I think just makes people very, very aware of this mindset. Like, honestly, um, I've talked about like Jordan and India because those are the other two countries I have traveled in or know a little bit about. And Obviously, not that they're not aware of imperialism. Obviously, they are. But I just feel like it comes up much more here. The way people talk about things, I can tell that they're aware of it. Um, I can tell that they're very aware of their position in the world, um, as you know, as pro- as having this less powerful passport, um, while being right next to Europe. Right, like they're.
0: Yeah. That's rough.
1: So, so it's, it's it's interesting here. Yeah. And so I, so, but I, the thing I like about it is that, um, as a person who's, you know, like I can learn Arabic and like live in Jordan or something, but, um, I'm never going to be like, okay. Like Jordanian culture is just like my, me. And this is like where I want to go. It's like who I am. I'm a very like international person. I like using multiple languages, not just one. So although I like to dive deep into one culture, there's always going to be a part of me that is a mix of lots of different places. And I feel like that sort of fits in really well in the like Moroccan environment, or at least this is my, just how I feel so far.
0: That's really interesting. Do you, do you think that's something, is that, is that, is that a feeling which you had before you even went to other places? Was it something that grew or kind of came out of going to? You said India, you said Jordan, now Morocco. Mm-hmm. Are those the pl- places you've been, or have you been to maybe other places as well?
1: Um, those are. I've been to some other places. Those are um, the places that I would say have the biggest impact on me, and it's mostly through their languages that these are the languages I've started to learn, and then, um that have really become a like important part of my life. So like I'm also learning some Spanish, but that's more for um like practical reasons. I have some friends who speak it. So while obviously I enjoy speaking Spanish. Spanish it's not... is big
0: in the United States from what I'm aware yes, of. It is. It's actually su- so surprising. Yeah. You think you think United States, you think English, but then when you actually look at the United States you go, Oh wow. There's exactly. a big Hispanic community. There's a lot of Spanish going on.
1: Exactly. Obviously, so you know more, better than me. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: no, no, but exactly. That's more like why I'm learning some Spanish, but I wouldn't call it as much like part of my identity. Um, whereas with these other languages, um, I think I think uh, just who I like through learning languages, like this multiculturalism, being around people who are also interested in learning languages or who speak multiple ones, or other people who you know sort of have their feet in different cultures all at once um that's what I relate to the most more than like someone who just grew up and has lived in one country for their whole life so it's funny I mean like yes I grew up in the <laughs> U.S. like basically my entire life uh but even like throughout high school like most of my friends were like the international students and like yeah um, those right. are just other people who I relate to the most I would say
0: yeah, whenever there was an international student at my school, I was making friends with them. That's to- that's <laughs> me as me. well, totally. <laughs> right, and yeah, I mean, hmm, I gotta, I we we will get to both of these questions. My first question, I wanna, I wanna hear more mm-hmm. about your experiences being when you say when you say India. Where in India?
1: Um, so I'm learning Bengali, so that is West Just, Bengal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So sort of um eastern India and also uh Bangladesh is part of that same region, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um right. So I I wanna hear more about your experiences in like in Jordan and then in India and then also also I at some point I, I know you I've seen on your Instagram that you had you had an exchange sister
1: Mm-hmm.
0: exchange sister yeah. <laughs> with you for a long time in the states i, I want to hear about all this but maybe maybe first um maybe first we can start by I, i'd i love to hear about your experiences being overseas in those other places like mm-hmm. did, did those like what was the first one you did how did that affect you what uh-huh. was the language yeah. like over there
1: uh-huh okay so um the first uh, the first place I went that wasn't, um, like, Germany, like, wasn't, like, another Western country was India. So, um, yeah, I went there for about a month, and actually I spent most of that time in Delhi and Mumbai, so not Bengali area, just because um, I had, like, family and friends who I could stay with in those places. Um, so I actually got three days in Kolkata where they speak Bengali.
0: <laughs> so I've spent <laughs> okay. a
1: total of three days in a Bengali speaking region. But um,
0: that, the amazing thing is though, like even if it's such a short period of time, it can do so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, go on.
1: Yeah, for sure. So like India was a really um, interesting experience. I really like fell in love with, the- it was, it was funny because like, before I'd been learning Bengali already and like everyone knew, okay, I really into Bengali. I love South Asian food, everything. And then people would ask me, what if you go to India? And like, you don't like it. And I was like, I don't know. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> and yeah, I, yeah, I didn't have anything to worry about because I was there and I really loved it. Um, and it's, I don't really know how to explain why. I just like,
0: it's just something, something just
1: clicked. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, it's interesting, you were talking about how that maybe later affected later experiences, which India is definitely um, maybe not as clean in the big cities, not as. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and being the first, like, not Western country I went to, that's how I pictured more of like the non European American world. Um, so when I went to Jordan, actually, I was like, surprised by how clean everything was like still the roads are a little chaotic um but not to the same degree (laughs) right um so that that actually surprised me in jordan then i realized okay this changes more like country to country
0: yeah Um, so you have the first experience you kind of go you kind of get an approximation of maybe some other places in the world then you go to another place you have to recalibrate you're like oh they're not all like that yeah
1: exactly because like you don't know what you don't know right so it's like i I wasn't consciously making that assumption but when i went to jordan i realized oh i had this assumption um
0: yeah that's the thing you the. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't constantly consciously filter every single perception of a place that you're getting. There are some impressions you get, which you don't realize you get. And then when they're challenged by some new information, that's when you realize, oh, wow, I was thinking that. I didn't realize (laughs) I was thinking that. Yep.
1: Exactly. So like, I've also had people here ask me like, what do you think of Morocco? Like, do you think it's like a dirty? And I'm like, Like, no, honestly, like it's, I mean, maybe this is also like the area that I'm in in Rabat, but like, it's beautiful. I don't feel like it's dirty at all, especially if you compare it to like somewhere like New York, it's probably cleaner, honestly, (laughs) where I am.
0: (laughs) What's the climate like?
1: Um, Right now it's winter. Actually, that sort of surprise. I mean, I knew it was going to be cold, but I definitely should have brought more sweaters.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think Morocco, Um, I think hot. I don't know. Yeah, why. which that... I
1: think in the summer it is hot, but like it's the winter right now. So it's about it's my Americanness, it's about like in the sixties Fahrenheit.
0: Wow, this means nothing um, to me. <laughs> I reckon that's probably uh, sub twenty. I will quickly do a conversion. Okay. Sixties Fahrenheit. Wow. I, I, have I really no need idea. to
1: learn. Um, I really need to learn more Celsius.
0: <laughs> okay. It's it's fifteen points well, sixty degrees Fahrenheit is fifteen point six degrees Celsius.
1: Okay, so it's usually a bit warmer than that, a bit warmer than sixty.
0: Right, so kind of sub twenties.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not exactly. sub, not
0: below zero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: I mean, it's like it's like I have to wear a sweater, and I'm good.
0: Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Which is funny, cause then like everyone else is in their like winter coats. I'm like, this is not winter coat weather. Is,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like yeah that's not that cold <laughs> no <laughs> yeah Melbourne, yeah. where I live can get Melbourne where I live like that's probably also kind of representative of winter. We mm-hmm. can get early, we can get colder, but like normally we just end up right it's just unpleasant in winter, it's like rainy winter and yeah not not cold cold, but like yeah
1: yeah exactly all
0: right, and then how did you end up having an exchange partner coming over mm-hmm. and living with you for? how long was it for Months? a year a year
1: a, like a nine whole month.
0: year wow yeah. okay
1: so um like I kind of mentioned I was friends with quite a few exchange students in high school especially during my junior year so my third year um and yeah
0: I'm glad you gave me the translation I- <laughs> of that <laughs>
1: yeah my American um miss but yeah um I, so I had always wanted to do some sort of exchange in high school, um, and it, somehow the time went by, and it was never exactly the right time. There was always some class I had to take, or I yeah. was doing dance too, so it never worked out. Um, but after like making becoming friends with a few exchange students, I was like, "Why don't we host one?" Um, and my mom is very much like me. Like I mentioned, she like studied Russian, so she's very into other cultures and languages and hosting state students it's totally something she would do um, so we convinced the rest of my family <laughs> and um, and yeah and I I I knew I wanted like I'm learning all these languages Bengali is still the one like I was sort of mentioning about India like Bengali is still sort of probably the most important one to me um <laughs> yeah it's, it's the one right here exactly yeah. so. Uh um, oh, for the people
0: listening, that's in no. the in the chest <laughs> right where the heart is. That's where it is. Yes. It's the one close to the heart.
1: Yes. So um, I knew Hosing Shade student. Obviously I don't want to like be taking advantage of them or something, but it was a good opportunity to practice a language, right? So um, I did wanna like have someone who spoke um, Bengali and You always call it yeah, Bangla. So... Oh is Bangla. Is that the endonym
0: yeah. of oh, Bangla?
1: Exactly, Bangla is the endonym. Bengali is like the exonym. So okay,
0: got it. Depending Bangla. on who I'm
1: speaking to, <laughs> I use yeah, to...
0: yeah. It makes sense. You're talking to me, uh, yeah, probably yeah, exactly. Bengali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha.
1: Um. So, yeah. So then we we like signed up. There was some exchange exchange students coming from Bangladesh, and yeah, we hosted her for a year. That
0: would have been so amazing. <laughs> I mean. Yeah.
1: It, I mean, it was amazing. Like we're we're still really close. She went back uh, probably like six months ago, but we still talk all the time. And yeah.
0: How how often were you speaking? Like you you already said you didn't want to like take advantage and yeah speak in Bengali all the time. But how much? Obviously, you're going to speak a little um, bit at, uh, at least.
1: Yeah. So so this is the point where actually um, English imperialism almost <laughs> worked. <laughs> to my advantage, um in the fact that uh, South Asians, especially from like a middle to upper class, speak perfect fluent English. I mean, um so she I mean, she is like a neat I would call her like a native English speaker. She speaks English to that level right um, right. so you know, she was coming to the u whereas Probably a so lot didn't of exchange feel bad, students, you know,
0: you're not taking right, away like the probably opportunity. Probably a lot of
1: exchange students are exactly like coming to the U.S. to practice English, whereas she did not need to practice English. So, and actually it worked out really, really well in that she was almost, I think, excited for like the opportunity to still uh, get to speak her like yeah, mother language, yeah, yeah. even while being here. Um, and she was, I honestly, I couldn't have asked for anyone better because like she we would sometimes do these like little classes I would like and she's not a language teacher so I would just ask her a lot of questions to sort of figure out the thing I was looking for
0: <laughs> yeah because um, that's the yeah. other thing which I, I know you have you have your little yeah. WordPress blog where you were doing like um, Bengali grammar posts and things but yeah you, oh, it, the resources for the language aren't very uh, aren't very big are they
1: yeah, the resources are not so developed.
0: <laughs> yeah, because Actually,
1: this is something, yeah.
0: In like in your bio one of the first things is less commonly studied languages. So obviously that's a big mm-hmm. theme in your language learning journey. Yeah. So I'd love to hear about that as well. I, yeah, I still want to sure. hear more about having the exchange partner, but I so, you can yes. tell I want to hear about okay. a lot of things. I'm very interested.
1: Yes. Um uh so yeah, resources for Bengali are definitely lacking. Um so but she was actually really good at um, and she was good at actually switching the conversation back to Bengali, whereas sometimes it's like if you don't know something and you have to switch it to English, then the other person is going to stay in English.
0: That happens Where all the time. Where she knew I was
1: learning, <laughs> I know, all the time. And she was so good at starting conversations with me in Bengali, switching the language back even after I'd switched it to English.
0: That's so nice. And,
1: and not switching it herself, which is pretty, honestly, I haven't met very many people like that yeah Um, and also it was a great opportunity i mean to learn um because that was sort of my problem after having taken a bengali class for two years that was very focused on like reading and writing um i felt so lost in a conversation even after two years i didn't know how to speak (laughs) and luckily that lined up perfectly with when um she was coming so this point where i'm like so lost i don't know how to have a conversation and then she comes um, and then we can have conversations all the time. so it was a great opportunity to learn more um colloquial language, slang, and also just how to like have a conversation um
0: how how long when you when you did two years of classes, you were doing a lot of mm-hmm. classes right like frequently um, it
1: was it was a un like a university course, so it was like four days a week, so like four hours a week
0: right, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not necessarily a huge amount, but that's still like, if you're doing it consistently over the course of a couple of years, that, that time adds right. up.
1: Exactly. And I mean, if you think at the level that people probably usually are after like second year of Spanish or something at a university, I feel like it's probably a little bit higher. I mean, sure. Spanish is more related to English, but also I think that the programs are just more developed. They teach you more effectively. I felt like my the program I was in was maybe not the most effective.
0: that's um, very interesting
1: yeah and and by second year first Why? year, there was a few other um I think because um my experiences like with Arabic too is that the professors are very um knowledgeable about how to teach the language like they actually have like degrees in like Arabic linguistics for example right. whereas with Bengali it's like just this a native speaker who doesn't necessarily know how to teach the language and I mean also there's a lack of resources so if you're going to teach it well you probably have to create a lot of your own resources um,
0: right
1: and and also although what I actually my first year class was pretty good my first year class I felt like I learned a lot Um, But by second year, I was actually the only non-Bengali person in the classroom, Um, because it was a class of about like, by second, first year was maybe 10 people, second year was like four or five, um, who were all heritage speakers other than me. Um, So once we're really getting into that more like nitty gritty of the grammar, and you have to explain it a little more than first year, I think the professor didn't really have much experience teaching someone who didn't already kind of get it as a heritage language like someone who's just like i have no idea what you're talking about um so yeah
0: i think uh i read somewhere i don't know where it was on something you posted you also said and this is maybe where that comes from that you try to also have spend some time with teachers who aren't native speakers Mm -hmm. is that the reason why
1: Exactly. Yeah, that experience is sort of what led me to, and I would say it it depends. Like, if if you have a native speaker teacher who's really good at anticipating your needs and your struggles, then that's great. But I think sometimes non-native teachers can be useful, and they I mean they went through what you went what you're going through, so they know exactly how to explain it to you. So actually, um, I'm I do like online Bengali lessons right now, and my teacher is an Australian who's lived in Let's India go. For the last 10 years.
0: Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, but
1: actually, you were mentioning like resources and stuff. I'm actually working on this big Bengali resource project right now. Um, so I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but I, I wish I, I had, had a, a bigger... Cool
0: I wish I had a bigger audience <laughs> to help you promote this. I'll
1: post That's something right. on
0: Instagram as well. I've got more people oh, there you. too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think uh, probably I'm going to try to do it in the next like week or two, like around New Year's, um, but yeah.
0: Uh, can you tell me more? Is it going to like spoil <laughs> yes. the announcement? No, no, no. Right.
1: <laughs> um, so it's basically a website where I'm trying to sort of exactly what I've been saying, where I've noticed there's a lot of native speakers who want to help. There's quite a few YouTube channels, they sort of focus on the same things over and over again of like survival vocab. And like, it's
0: always the beginner level. It's always the beginner. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So that's sort of my, my point. Uh, One of my like goals with the website is to increase resources for like intermediate and advanced levels, increase resources for things more than just vocab lists. So like, actually um, uh, we're making some lessons around like song lyrics around video clips. that kind of thing. Um, and one of the main, so, okay, <laughs> yeah. So like I was saying, like, obviously I don't have the native speaker knowledge to just create all these resources. So it's like a collaboration between me and hopefully in the future, other Bengali learners and native speakers. So I'm working with like quite a few native speakers right now to um, to help me like write out like the whole transcription of what they say in a video clip. And then then I'm putting that onto the video Mm. as like subtitles. Um, And then I'm also working to, you know, if you have a lesson based around this video clip, explain some of the grammar points. And then I'm checking with native speakers to make sure, okay, all these explanations are correct. And like, um, oh, here's this thing I didn't really understand. Can you help me explain this? Um, So working with native speakers to basically, I feel like as a language learner, I have some knowledge about what resources are valuable and what learners need to know. So using that knowledge and then combining it with native speakers, actual knowledge of the language and culture to create like effective resources.
0: You see, I, I, I think we see that a lot in a lot of effective resources. You've got a collaboration between people mm-hmm. who bring different experience and skill sets to the table. Yeah. I'm, this sounds very exciting. It's obviously <laughs> a lot I'm of work to... as well. I imagine. Yeah,
1: it's a bit of work.
0: <laughs> so you're just going to offer everything for free, or are you? What's the What's the plan?
1: Yeah, so the, there's a few MINGALI things you can buy, but I really because the f- the thing that prompted me to do this was in German. If I want to know how to make conditional sentences, I just look up, um, conditional sentences in German, and then I get like five blogs that explain it to me with examples, sometimes 10 YouTube
0: videos.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So that's exactly what I want is I want to have something where you can look up, you know, Bengali conditional sentences and get a blog post with examples, hopefully audio explaining how to say conditional sentences in Bengali. So, um, I forgot why I started saying that, but, uh you so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be free um I do have like I set up like a Patreon thing basically so if people do want to like support it hopefully like long-term goals I'm like maybe I can pay people to help contribute something or set up um set up like new projects and stuff like a podcast maybe that'd be awesome but that's like that'd be sick
0: yeah that's okay okay I'm exactly right so you're like, And
1: then also, right. like, I have a little page sort of linking to all the resources I know, because learning, like, Bengali on Instagram, I get a lot of DMs of, like, what do you recommend for resources? So I'm going to, like, make this whole, like, I mean, as comprehensive as possible list of different kinds of, like, YouTube channels, textbooks, everything. Um, and Fantastic. then also Bangla, yeah, Bangla is a language with lots of, it's basically a dialect continuum. So there's lots of, like, different accents, dialects, and even dialects, which go into being actually separate languages. Um, And I mean, for anything that's not standard Bangla, like there's no resources, right? So
0: wow, (laughs) um, I'm a little less
1: equipped to like, work on that. But I'm also sort of saying with the people I'm working with, you know, if you speak one of these other dialects and stuff, I'm happy to work with you to create similar things to you know, maybe create like short stories or... Um, oh, or like I'm excited about this project for you. <laughs> I'll tell <laughs> you what. Yeah, the I'm people, very excited about
0: it. For the people listening who are interested by this, I'll I'll make sure that there's a link to your, to your blog and Instagram in the podcast description. But also good. like, they'll definitely be able to get to it from your Instagram from what I'm hearing. They'll be able to mm-hmm. find a way, a link in your bio yes. or something. But also maybe if this podcast comes out at about the right time i can maybe put a direct link as well
1: mm-hmm. but i'll make yeah, sure there's at least fair. something
0: in the podcast description for people to come and find yeah, find yeah, you and you. find their way there <laughs> no but i mean this is this is a thing like um i'm 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 going to go and grab um a little book i'm going to be back in 2 seconds
1: okay sounds good <laughs>
0: So this is the kind of thing we're talking about, right? This is the advantage of studying a more commonly studied language. You see these? These here Mm -hmm. are short Chinese graded readers. I think they're probably 500 to 1,000 words long, max, probably even more towards the 500 word end. But they use a core set of 150 characters. They use Uh more, but the ones which they use, which are outside of that level, First of all, um, they have a glossary of them. So I don't even need to look them up. I just look at them in the book. And then second of all, those characters, m- the vast majority of them come from a core set of 300 characters, which are from the next level in the series. So you build as you go. So the advantage of studying Mandarin yeah. Chinese, which is a more commonly studied language is I can go and buy these and I can start doing extensive reading When I only know, 150 characters. Mm -hmm. So
1: yeah, good good luck finding that for Bengali.
0: (laughs) That's what I'm. That's that's why I'm really excited to hear about what you're doing because if you can, I mean, obviously Mm. this is like this is next level stuff. This is Uh beyond even beyond like just creating the basic resources, which even it's sounding like Bengali is even lacking. But just I think I'm. I don't know how to say it. I think it's a really fantastic project. I think that could help (laughs) so many people. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, I
1: try to have like um, these like vocab lists in the beginning of some of the posts that cover like, um, you know, the vocab that's not just like the super basic stuff. So hopefully like, you know, you can like learn some of that vocab and then go on to like the lesson around the video clip or something.
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. But
1: um, that was actually making me think about... um, because I was thinking about Bengali and I don't know what it's like with, um, with Chinese or Mandarin. Like when there is like this, this is any of the languages that, that you're learning, this like large disparity between the language that you'll see like written and in books and what's actually spoken.
0: Oh, like, sorry. Do, was that do you a question? Have a, do
1: you, yeah. I'm asking you. <laughs> oh, like, do you have like experience like, um, cause that's, that's been another really interesting thing with like, Quite a few of the languages I'm learning have this like large disparity. Oh,
0: so have I experienced that in the languages I've learned?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, probably, maybe not to the same extent. Well, here's the thing: I don't know what your experience have, has been like, but certainly, for example, with French, here's here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to I'm gonna take this thought <laughs> to ahead. its full extent because it will explain itself. But yeah. um, with French, for example as with every language. But uh, with French, for example, you have different registers of language. You have very casual, what they call familiar language. And then you have kind of standard language, which is kind of what you'd use in everyday conversations, but not with family or friends. Mm -hmm. It would just be maybe like a store clerk or something. And then you have the upper register, which is formal language, which you might use Mm -hmm. for formal occasions and in speeches and things like that. So... Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're not going to be picking up on the slang as much when you're reading books and things. However, the resources do exist to then go and learn by consuming content or reading the familiar register. For example, all I have to do is go and watch a series on Netflix or go and watch my favorite YouTubers or listen to podcasts, which are using that register, all of a sudden i've been exposed to that language that that casual language mm-hmm. so there is a big disparity between standard textbooks and the language which is spoken but you can still learn the language which is spoken right the resources mm-hmm. exist
1: that's a, yeah for sure it's it's interesting with i would say bengali and darija that the sort of casual most casual register depending on like class and where you are and everything is going to incorporate another language. So with Bangla to speak casually, you throw in tons of English and those high registers are those registers that use lots of like Sanskritic words that actually yeah. no one uses in their everyday life. Right. Cause in everyday life, everyone uses the English word. And then you can get, you can get that. That's like more like casual speech. Right. And like Derija sort of, I mean, like I said, it depends like class and everything, but it's like just throwing in French. Um, yeah. Like you, you is... can say almost any word you want in Derija in French and like, it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That I've, I've, um, something which I quipped, I think on Twitter one time was, um, a big part of sounding more like a French native is knowing when to not use French and instead when to use English
1: exactly so the same thing
0: happens there a little bit like there are some occasions where you don't speak you don't speak french or you don't speak Mm -hmm. dirija you speak some other language and that's what is but you're never going to be taught that in a textbook are you right
1: yeah exactly but that's what really makes you sound natural
0: yeah so Mm -hmm. what what advice would you have for someone who's wanting to well First of all, what advice would you have for someone in, in general who's wanting to study languages which have less resources and are less commonly studied? But then also, what advice would you have for people who who want to study the languages which don't have many resources, which, you ha- which you've studied and you've got personal okay. experience with?
1: Um, so just in general, um, I would say for me, it's been a lot easier to learn like less commonly learned languages as someone who already has experience with language learning so i don't necessarily want to tell you oh go learn french first or go learn german and then <laughs> learn this language but i'm just saying if you have a background in language learning and you have an idea of how to learn a language that will that's probably the most helpful resource you can have um, because you know you you can take these like bad resources and pull out what you need um, Ah, I see. And like also like, for example, like when I'm learning a new language, like some of the first things, because I have a very like communicative approach. I like to speak right away. Um, so I know the kind of vocab that I need for speaking. I know that before I know 50 fruit names, I need to know how to use two (laughs) verbs together in the same sentence, right? (laughs) And like some of those verbs, like how to say, I want to, I need to, I can. If I know those three, I know some basic verbs about like speak, work, et cetera. Like I can introduce myself, have a little bit of a conversation, right? Um, So I would say knowing what you need to know. And even if you haven't learned another language, I think you can figure that out by figuring out, um, maybe even take note of the kinds of sentences you say a lot in English. like other kinds of words that I feel like are useful are like always, sometimes, never. Um, so if yeah. if you if you build up some of like just knowing what you need to know, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know um, what you mean.
0: Like self introduction, the twenty most common yeah. verbs which always come up. Mm-hmm. Um, c- a few conjunctions yeah. like and. Yeah. Th- as and, a result. But, but, exactly. And then. Because. Because, and then once you know those things, you know the, the, a few nouns which are relevant to the things which you're always going to, like at the beginning of, beginning of talking to someone in the language, you're always going to introduce yourself, like what's your name, how old you are. Yeah. Um, and then also there's going to be the question, how have you learned this language? How come you speak this language? So you want to know how how to say that. that. And then all of a sudden you've made it through a three minute conversation.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, I
0: gotcha, I gotcha.
1: In terms of getting to more of like an intermediate level, um, I, I would still say it's a similar thing with like, for example, what I was saying with my exchange sister is she didn't know how to teach me. And I, I couldn't ask her, like, how do you say a conditional sentence in Bengali? Like, she <laughs> isn't, doesn't know what that means, right? Mm. Um, I feel, and I think language learners do this quite a bit. And then the native speakers are just like, well, what are you asking me? Um, so you have to
0: tease it out you have to
1: exactly yeah so i would have lots of examples so if you if you have a like even if they're not um cut out immediately yeah um, immediately after so yeah, i said you, tease it out okay so if you have like a native speaker you can work with who um who doesn't necessarily know how to teach a language if you can ask them lots of examples that will pull out what you want so if you want to learn the conditional ask them how to say this conditional sentence in the language and then they'll give you the translation and then maybe there's some word in that translation where you're like that doesn't quite make sense to me so you could ask them like oh could you make another sentence with this word or you could also like frame your own sentence and then see if they use that word in the next translation they give you and maybe if they do it's going to confirm like what you thought and if they don't then you're like oh well let me like tease out this other thing so um
0: i've i've had to i've had to do that I have, sorry I haven't had to do that I have done this but I've never had mm-hmm. to do it out of necessity mm-hmm. like I could always look it up
1: I see that's very yeah. interesting
0: but uh-huh. in the moment sometimes you want to know something right then and there right, you haven't exactly. got a resource with you so you're trying to tease it out
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I've never had exactly. to do it to kind of, wow that's interesting <laughs> yeah that's that's so, that's just this is going to be i'm going to come when i start learning a less <laughs> common language i'm going to come back and i'm going to listen to this podcast episode
1: awesome <laughs>
0: this is going to be useful for me
1: yeah yeah and then um it's hard to say some languages there really are not resources how do some, you find
0: resources like yeah given there aren't many resources question. how do you find um, them
1: some there are more than you think um like, there's there's often textbooks. So even if that's not your favorite way to learn, but I kind of like textbooks. But even if you don't, like, if they're the only resource, like, they're going to give you some valuable information um, in terms of, like, grammar and vocab. So I mean, if you go on Amazon and you look up, like, a book for it, like, you depending on the language, you might be able to find something.
0: What about libraries? Um,
1: oh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't looked at libraries like exclusively to find like my first resources, but I do know that the library from my city, like they had a section, they had some Bengali books, they had some Arabic books, and they did also have, they they did have a textbook for like learning Bengali. So you can definitely go and check. Right. Um, But then there's also I will say it's probably yeah, Um, like Bengali, maybe you can find a textbook. Like mm, anything more than that like anything more unusual than that it's probably going to be kind of difficult like for like bengali is like actually the second most spoken language in india
0: so if you're then going to it's like in the top 10 most spoken languages in the world it's it's actually insane to think there (laughs) are resources exactly i've got a book somewhere which is why um it's called it's called Babel, and it talks about the oh, top I 10 top 20 <laughs> most spoken languages in the world and bengali is yeah. like in the top 10 bengali's
1: on there yeah is, is exactly. it in like the
0: top five
1: Maybe uh not. it's like seven oh, or eight usually
0: here it is
1: okay yeah let's have a i look. think it should be like seven or
0: eight it's sort of in in it's number six but oh, but okay. he 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 like um like he said, you put, like, Chinese, Hindi like, and Urdu are the same language. Uh, that's in in this yeah. book, at least. It's like a conglomerate, and yeah, yeah. He merged a few, so but it's definitely yeah. in the top ten. There you go. Yeah. So we're talking it about a like, language in the top ten <laughs> most spoken languages in the world.
1: Exactly. It's a bit of a
0: wake-up call, so,
1: right? So, so that's why I think you can maybe find one textbook at a library, but then when you try to do something, maybe a little bit not in the top ten or twenty like some other language like Malayalam or something from India, then it gets a little bit harder.
0: I haven't heard um, of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's
1: just like another Indian language. Yeah. But um yeah, so l- look you can check your library. If not, you can check online. Um also like look on Instagram. There's often quite a few like Instagram oh I think it's frozen.
0: You are frozen but I'm hearing okay. you Oh, oh, okay. It's my internet connection. <laughs> it said my internet connection is unstable. Oh, just <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: Um, Instagram. Look on okay. Instagram because they, there's quite, especially I've been noticing recently. There's been a lot of new like words and etc. For all these different like Bengali dialects. Um, so if you can find a page like that, that's a partly for vocab. Although sometimes the vocab that they use is very like high register and stuff. Um, but it is a good place to start to like maybe finding native speakers to like chat with, or usually the kind of people who are going to be like running a language Instagram account about their language are the kind of people who are going to be very open to you. If you like, Hey, could I ask you this question? Um, so I think having like native speakers who you can ask questions to is very valuable. Also, italki, like there's, you can especially for some languages like that are not common, you can find a teacher for like $5 an hour, honestly, and just practice your conversation, ask them all these questions, like I'm saying, to coax the answers out of them. Um,
0: What about language exchange apps? Well, like here's the thing with with Bengali, for example, there aren't many resources, but there are many speakers. Right. So Mm -hmm. maybe this isn't representative of every every language which doesn't have many resources but in that case you can probably still find language exchange partners right
1: for sure yeah i i honestly haven't tried like language exchange apps so much um just because like i kind of have like different friends and i use like instagram more but definitely that's like a thing you can do especially if your language has quite a few speakers and you might also consider because um for some languages for example especially um like native languages from you know some rural area. They like sometimes on those apps they have a list of languages and that your language you're learning might not even be on that list. In which case native speakers (laughs) aren't gonna list it as like on those apps like, oh as I speak this language, right? Because
0: they can't, right. So So exactly. Something which is maybe like so you can like maybe
1: look for like right, like what is the like lingua franca of that area. So I don't know the names of any like specific like African languages or something, but like, if you have some language, um, that's yeah, in, yeah, like yeah, a Swahili lingua franca region, you can look for people who speak Swahili and then figure out based on like country or just like, you can send them a message and see if they speak that language.
0: And just keep trying, um, keep trying, keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah persistence exactly. pays off. Yeah. Okay.
1: And also um, like, obviously it's, not quite ideal, but um usually there are there are there's media surrounding some language. So if you can find movies and songs, obviously it's not perfect, but um at least you get to hear the language and um and like songs can be a good thing. Sometimes it's fun to like work through song lyrics or something with a native speaker. Maybe that's a good way for you to like have something to even study with a teacher, right? yeah
0: and then okay um and then something something which obviously you've done is try to actually have real conversations with the speakers because obviously Mm -hmm. you've been to Jordan you've been Mm -hmm. to India you had um you had your exchange partner come and live with you for so long so I imagine that's something you recommend if you can have that happen like
1: (laughs) definitely um I also, this, we I, wanted
0: to come back to this we want i wanted to hear yeah. more about your experience with your exchange partner like yeah. so she went to school with you and for the mm-hmm. for the whole year it was an opportunity for you for, for you to have someone to like be speaking with
1: exactly yeah what was
0: it like what was your level like at the beginning compared to the end
1: oh so different um I mean now I I feel like I can have a conversation with someone in Bengali whereas before I didn't. I mean I could write you something, but I didn't feel like I could have a real conversation with you. Um I still I still struggle speaking Bengali honestly. I feel like it's the language with the thought process that's the most different from English that I'm learning. Ooh. Um yeah, so it's just like the way I would word sentences. It's like
0: right, so the I have syntax to is totally different.
1: Just and not even like the syntax of but just like red dog like runs <laughs> something it. like that. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Exactly.
0: I don't feel like I even mixed up the the red dog runs. No. Runs, dog red.
1: <laughs> yeah. I tried to
0: mix it up and I didn't. That's <laughs> insane.
1: <laughs> you did it right.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: exactly. But <Good> even <laughs> even more than syntax, like something just about like the thought process is like.
0: I like I, kind I of like
1: to it's yeah. just like I, I want to say something and then I try to say it and they're like what? And then I tell them in English and then they give me this translation and I'm like, oh that makes we sense. We don't do that but here. Like, never in a million years would <laughs> I have said it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So None of that.
1: um but I mean, yeah, like I definitely got much, much better at speaking um after that year with her and um also like i had studied only the like standard sort of indian or kolkata accent and then she was from taka so i learned a bit of like taka accent
0: <laughs> yeah so
1: now i, I can oh, speak this... fairly like we, you're both
0: we also we also forgot about this what what advice do you have for people specifically learning uh, um the languages you've learned
1: that i'm learning okay um okay I've gone this forever, but like I <laughs> try to make it shorter. So Bangla. Well,
0: also maybe, maybe open with where they can find your extended content on this.
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, Bangla, like I said, I'm about to have this big project. So biggest advice, just look out for that project. Check my Instagram. I'll link to it because okay. that project will have links to everything else that I know of. Um, and I'm going to make lots of like posts and stuff sort of on this topic of how to learn Bangla, how to use my blog effectively, everything like that.
0: Okay. Follow you on Instagram, Um, follow your blog. (laughs) And to do that, go to the podcast description. Step one. Yes. All right.
1: (laughs) Um, Arabic. Arabic is interesting because uh, modern standard Arabic, there's quite a few resources available. Um, That's also not really my focus. So I'll leave that to someone else. But in terms of Arabic dialects, which have less resources than standard when I started learning, I thought that there was really not that many resources. And over time, I've come to know of so many. Um, so Arabic dialects, if you're studying one, uh, I do have one post on my Instagram that lists a bunch of resources for Levantine dialects specifically.
0: I'll find um, it and I'll link it in the podcast description.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, there's this one website called Playling. P-L-A-Y-A-L-I-N-G. P-L-A-Y-A-L-I-N-G it's dot com it might be dot org or something though no. um but that website is amazing because it is short videos in arabic that you can filter by dialect and difficulty level and there's bilingual captions in the arabic dialect and english
0: i will link to this um, as well for people yeah
1: <laughs> so that is an amazing resource um and for arabic That's dialect insane. actually i know it's amazing Um, so there's actually quite a few like, um, different textbooks, different online courses. So I would say Arabic, my best, I mean, I could tell you lots of specific ones, but I would say, look around, look for one that's good for you. Don't think that there's no resources because there's actually quite a few, especially for Levantine, Egyptian, and actually Moroccan, um, other things like Gulf, Iraqi, like, um, might be a little bit more difficult but yeah
0: okay okay i'll I'll listen (laughs) back through this whole podcast i'll make sure i don't miss anything okay yes all right um i don't know where we were otherwise i mean otherwise it's (laughs) um people people now will have an idea of like how to study these languages it's been interesting to hear a lot about your experience. I mean, I I yeah. noted down a few things. I'll make sure I'm not gonna we're not gonna leave with anything that I wanted to ask, which I haven't <laughs> asked. Oh, yeah. I, I know I ask... talk
1: a lot. Sorry if I'm like going no, on. it's perfect for a podcast.
0: Podcast is the <laughs> yes. time to be talking a lot. Um, I do have more questions. Actually, I wanted to hear about okay. what it's been like having to learn new scripts because all of these languages oh. have different scripts.
1: Yeah. Um, this is actually... I'm supposed to go on another podcast. It was supposed to be this week, but it might be a little bit later where we're going to talk about scripts specifically. Um, okay, I love scripts. What is, scripts. It? What, what is I the think other podcast? Super fun. Um, Geopats podcast?
0: Geopats.
1: Geopats, I think. Yeah.
0: In any case, I can text you and I'll put it, yes. in, the, I'll put it in the description as well for the podcast. Yes. Okay.
1: Um. So... Honestly it's it's interesting cuz I hear a lot of people say you know oh I want to learn Arabic or something but I'm just so scared of like learning the script it seems so difficult. And to that I say like you want to learn Arabic you or whatever language you want to take on this like years long journey hundreds of thousands of words and grammar rules and you're scared of like 30 letters? Like if you can memorize hundreds of thousands of words you can take 2 weeks and memorize 30 40 letters. So I think people get scared of scripts more than they need to um i mean if if you just except for chinese that's always my (laughs) little caveat um i don't have experience with chinese i i can't say on that almost any other script that's not um that kind of system i can
0: i can Uh say something on chinese and the Mm -hmm. surprising thing about chinese is which is already happening to me and i don't know that many characters i probably know 500 Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably, I probably like, I probably can write a few hundred and then I can recognize probably 500, right. 600. Uh-huh. The thing which you start noticing already at this level is things repeat themselves a lot in the sense that there are a finite number of radicals which give you a hint of the meaning, and then there are a lot of re- repeated kind of components where you start mm-hmm. basically, some yeah, character will be made true. up of multiple other characters you already know. And then, mm-hmm. it, so it does actually get. You think it's this insurmountable wall, the right. the great wall around the language,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but really, actually, it gets it's already. It's starting right. to get easier for me. But anyway, so, go on. No, I, I don't even, want to interrupt. So
1: even you. for Chinese, the writing system is maybe not something you have to be as scared of as you think.
0: Yeah, um, maybe a little scared, yeah. but yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little. <laughs> um, yeah, but I would say yeah. I mean. I would depending on the difficulty level, I think it's completely possible to learn a new script in like two weeks to a month. Um I mean if you just have like new ones a day. Like
0: beyond mm-hmm. like the 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 like vowels and consonants, like what about all the little extra
1: I uh, mean, they're called so, diacritics.
0: I don't know, the little extra things that
1: Yeah, so there's different kinds of writing systems, right? There's like alphabets, which is what we're probably most familiar with. And that's like the Latin alphabet, Cyrillic alphabet. So those work in the same way that those work, like English isn't Latin alphabet, it's an alphabet, obviously. So it works in the way we're used to, where it's it's consonants and vowels, and they are sort of on an even playing field, and you just put them in an order. And obviously, some languages have more complicated rules about that than others. but. <laughs> um, uh, like if you're learning Cyrillic or something, and I think uh, like Georgian, I think it's an alphabet too, it's gonna be like a similar you're just learning characters to represent the sounds. Um, Bengal, there's other kinds of writing systems. Yes, uh, I've read about this. For example. yeah, like uh, so Bengali is a uh, abugida. Also Arabic is a uh, abjad. So yes. the way Bengali works is, yeah, like it's vowels and consonants are not on the same level there's, va- you have your vowels, you have your consonants, but the, the, the actual symbol of the vowel, um, is they not
0: out something sometimes.
1: Yeah. So it, it's almost like the vowels are like a step below. So if, if the vowel ever comes after a consonant, it just has its own like vowel diacritic, a little like sign that represents that, that vowel. And then that sign is always, um, written like on the consonant basically. So And Bengali, it might be after the consonant, it might be before, it might be around, it might be underneath, depending on the vowel.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: But you will still use those like full vowel signs if it's the vowel itself, or if the vowel is not after a consonant. So, or if you have like two vowels in a row or something, because the vowel diacritics can only attach after a consonant right
0: um, but even then and like you're saying this is still something you can get used to in a matter of weeks maximum like, right. a right y-
1: yeah I mean like you can if you just learn the individual signs and then, then you just have to learn like exactly how it works exactly and I think in one month you can be comfortable with I mean probably slow but I think in one month you can know all the basics everything you need to know
0: and then just keep reading and once you've got that foundation you
1: exactly and all, it, all if the you're, sudden, if you're yeah. actually learning the language you're going to be constantly exposed to reading it to writing it so
0: so like you have I, to I, consciously I revise the alphabet exactly every week.
1: exactly like the alpha, like it maybe you have to for the first two oh, or not the weeks,
0: alphabet the uh what was it called The
1: abugida. Ab- yeah yeah <laughs> that <one>. yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah but after the first two, and i always recommend starting with that like i i always will learn the writing system first and then because then Because if you don't learn it first, if you learn, if you just start using, like, you can use romanization maybe in the beginning to, if you're not so comfortable with the script, but I would always use it in conjunction with the script. Because otherwise you get like two months in, you know all these words and you don't know how to spell them. Whereas if you learn the alphabet first, like you go through the whole thing, like actually knowing how to spell words, getting used to the writing system. So that's always what I like would recommend doing.
0: In the long run, it probably reduces the workload. If you just learn, like you learn the script first and then you learn the word. And as you learn the word, you attach the proper writing of it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. That's what I think, yeah. And I think that sometimes, you know, when you have heritage speakers who don't know how to read or write, that's when it's a really daunting task of like, you speak this language, but to know how to read and write it, you have to go back and learn how to spell every single word.
0: You, and would you, you would know you you thousands, went... so it's going to be exactly like, yeah.
1: Whereas if you're a beginner and you know five words in the language, well, you only have to learn how to spell five words.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Upside of yeah, being a so beginner.
1: exactly, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so that's why I would learn it from the beginning.
0: Right, so every language you learn, if there's a different script, you learn the script. And then
1: mm-hmm.
0: actually maybe briefly just outline that a little bit, like how you study a language from kind of beginning to kind of the levels you're at now. Yeah. Script, textbook.
1: Um, yeah. So, I mean, it depends on each language, like what um, what I'm doing with it exactly. But um, yeah, I learned the script. Um, while I'm learning the script, I probably learn the basics, beginning phrases, um, like introduce yourself kind of thing um and then pretty much from there I just try to go into like what we were talking about before like the most useful vocabulary so I try to learn the basic grammar structures that are going to be the most useful to me in speaking the vocab that's going to be the most useful to me right away and then I try to I try to use that like from the beginning I try to have conversations with friends or native speakers um yeah, and then I—I I mean, I just go from there. I build on that knowledge. I sometimes yeah, I work well, through a textbook, or if there's if there's a specific like grammar topic that I know I'm confused about, like I said with German, I will just like look it up, write some notes. I use a lot of flashcards, so I use Anki, like all that new go. vocab, sentences, Anki, like grammar structures, put that into Anki.
0: Do you do a lot of reading yeah. or listening when you can? Like, I know there's limited resources with a lot of your mm-hmm. languages, um,
1: but Reading and writing are definitely areas I need to work on because I like really enjoy having conversations. Obviously, I talk a lot, so I will do that. But then if it actually comes down to like writing something, I'm like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'd probably do, pra- I practice reading and writing a lot more if I'm actually in a course, which is making me do that for homework, which is probably. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, definitely. Um,
0: I've been the but- same. Yeah, Although I'm starting to get into reading more. Mm-hmm. This is something, this is something which I've real. I've realized reading these. If I, I'm building the habit for a while, for, I'm building the habit now of reading before going to bed and I look forward to it because mm-hmm. I'm reading something which I don't have to stop and look up every second mm-hmm. word. So I can just right. sit there and read through it. And I read a lot as a kid. I read a lot in English. Like I've yeah, all I of too. these books around me, I've read all yeah. of them. And so, I like reading, but it's just in a foreign language, it's hard because normally what you're doing intensive reading, where it's so much effort to read, but having something which is a graded reader of my level makes it fun. So, I think I've found a way to get myself to read more and build the habit.
1: That's
0: cool. Yeah. So, I just want to add that in. (laughs) No,
1: no. Yeah. I. I think for Bengali and Arabic maybe that comes back to what we were talking about before where like the even even in like a more basic level book like the vocab that they use in writing is just so different from what you speak and for Arabic especially I mean it's modern standard Arabic versus the dialect so I haven't like read so much in those languages um German, I've tried a little bit. I've like, I've gotten some like different novels and stuff, some novels that like I've read in English and try to read them in German. So I've done a little bit of that.
0: Have you ever read a graded reader? Like one design for learners?
1: I don't think I have, actually.
0: Because neither had I. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. I got, I, like, for example, I haven't, like in the grand scheme of things, I haven't had that much experience learning languages. Like, I I, I have compared to someone who doesn't learn languages, but compared to people who really spend a lot of time learning languages, like I'm still relatively Mm. new to the game. Like I know that it sounds a little weird from someone who's like way into languages and things, but I kind of recognize that. Like by the time I got to the point where I was using my French to read a lot outside of class, I was already at the level where I could read an authentic book made Mm -hmm. for French people, but it would be so much effort. So I just skipped yeah. the graded readers and went into this laborious reading. Some, some, are, easier, some are easier than others. I'm actually, I'm turning yeah. around because I'm looking at the books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, some, a, that's a
1: little bit more me with like German.
0: Yeah. So you, mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe I'm going to go and like find really advanced graded readers. So they're like, mm-hmm. they're advanced graded readers, but still they're not as hard as authentic texts. Yeah. And I, that's what I'm going to read before bed. So it's like uh-huh. very little effort. There's like 1% yeah, of the like words I don't know. Yeah.
1: Right. I should do that with German.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is also why I want to do these yeah. podcasts because it's like sharing yeah, exactly. tips. It's like we're all, yeah. yeah. We're all like honing our study skills. Exactly.
1: Like, yeah. No, I I definitely need to work on that. Like reading, writing kind of thing.
0: But like I said, this is new, new to me. I've like I've been saying online like I'm totally a speaking and listening guy, you know, I don't read that much yeah. and but now that I've found a way to make the reading less laborious and more enjoyable and just a habit of like a made a habit out of it where I just am starting to do it before bed, I'm like, yeah, I could do more of this. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, I think that's my problem. It's that I don't really enjoy it that much right now, but maybe because it's too difficult. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. like not not too difficult for you to understand but like too difficult in the sense of you're not just gonna on this at a random moment before bed bed gonna like pick up the book because you feel like it because it's like no i need to grab the dictionary in my phone right exactly
1: exactly i can't just like sit down and read it yeah
0: and i've also another thing is the reason i haven't read um read before bed is because like i I still do this though sometimes, but I know I shouldn't and I try not to. It's like I try not to bring technology with me to bed, but mm-hmm. like reading, if I'm reading without technology, it takes so long to look through a dictionary, so I might as well have yeah. the technology to quickly look it up, Right. but I don't want to do that. So I'm like, okay, I won't read. I'll read an English book or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's always a struggle balancing it. Because yeah. I know I know there's some like um websites and stuff that are basically like graded readers and you can like click on the words that you don't understand and just automatically yeah. get the translation. I haven't really mm-hmm. used that so much, but Link but is I just one of prefer them. I prefer reading like a real book.
0: Same is something <laughs> I know so it's nice such a cliche having.
1: thing, but it's just like I yeah.
0: I'm the same. To, no. Yeah, I'm the same. I much prefer like having something. Also, it's just the technology on your eyes before bed. If you're going to read before yeah, bed, exactly. you don't want it to be like you don't want to be up at like
1: right. up on Same your la- laptop.
0: Extreme. It's like <laughs> uh... <laughs> exactly yeah
1: yeah. All
0: right. Well, I think I think we've yeah. covered a lot of ground. I've learned a lot of <laughs> lot of new things. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Th- thanks for coming along and having this chat. I really enjoyed it. I think of people course. will also it really find fun. it is. Yeah, I I honestly <laughs> I think. I think as long as I've found that I've learned a lot and found the conversation interesting, I think everyone else has got to find it interesting mm-hmm. as well i hope so you know that's that's I that's my so. kind of yeah that's my kind yeah. of litmus test for if i think an episode's gone well if i found it interesting if i enjoyed it if i learned things i'm like this went <laughs> yeah, well
1: exactly so
0: i don't think today went an really episode well to
1: be like oh that was boring to me
0: <laughs> <laughs> no you obviously don't want that to happen but also like i'm inviting yeah. people on who i have like watched their stuff i'm like this is going to yeah. be interesting i have questions so yeah. All right. Well, yeah, thank you so exactly. much for coming along. I'll, yeah, um, thank
1: you for having me. I'll
0: make sure I link to your stuff, but, um, yeah, otherwise, I'll, uh, I'll stop the recording here. So to, the, to our podcast that's listeners, that's good. um, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode.
1: <laughs> Bye.
0: All right, guys. That's all for today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed listening. Last time, I left a secret message at the end of the podcast episode, and I said, if you've listened all the way through and you enjoyed, tweet me on Twitter with this secret word. And a few people did that, and I got to chat with them about how they found the podcast episode, and I really enjoyed it. So, I want to do it again. If you've listened all the way through and you're listening to me now, then you're an absolute champion. But also, uh, tweet me on Twitter with the secret word, bangla, b a n g. La, And that way I'll know that someone's listened all the way through to the end and um, I'll feel really good about that. But also, I'll be able to chat with you and see how you found it. Um, also, I think something which helps podcasts grow is when people rate them and also subscribe to them. So, if in the podcast app that you're listening to this through, there's an option to subscribe and follow the podcast, then and you and you want to subscribe and follow the podcast? Then go ahead and do that. I think that'll help help the podcast grow. And also, if you leave it a rating, if you enjoy it, and leave it a rating, I think that helps it be pushed to other people too when they look for language learning podcasts and language podcasts. All right, I'll see you in the next one, guys. Ooh, also, I forgot about this. My Twitter is official Ace Buck, and you can find it in the podcast description. All right, bye bye.